Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. So I was reading just uh, this morning in uh, 2 Chronicles chapters 22, well, 29 through 31, and about Hezekiah's reform and all these wonderful things after reading of all the bad kings, it's finally good to get to a king and Gail and I looked at each other a good king and Gail and I looked at each other and I said don't you feel like it's a breath of fresh air like we can finally breathe again now that Hezekiah has been brought on the scene and he's doing all these wonderful things and he's following in the ways of his father King David and the beautiful reforms he brought about and everything looks fantastic and then Sennacherib invades you see, um, we, we got to be careful that we don't measure what the Lord is doing and measure what the Lord is doing in our hearts and even our church by what's going on around us. I think that's a, a caution for us today. And that really sets the groundwork for what we're looking at in John chapter 21. If you have your Bibles, excuse me, John chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 20. We'll be looking at verses 19 through 23. If you need a title, and some people do, uh, then it might be this. Sent by the Son, three truths about our purpose from John chapter 20, 19 through 23. Let me read for you. Verse 19. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, there were... And the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Verse 20. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed upon them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Three truths from this uh, section of John's gospel about our purpose, our purpose as the church. First of all, our purpose is grounded in Jesus' presence and peace. There was a time in, in uh, the country where, in Southeast Asia, where Gail and I and the kids lived with us for 20 years, uh, where we lived, there was a time there of, um, of, of great stress uh, and great fear. About 80%, and that's a rough guess on my part, about 80% of the expatriate population had fled the country because of threats of violence. We had some fairly... Um, the threats were fairly loud. They were on the radio. Uh, we even were at a prayer meeting one time, and a pamphlet was laid uh, on our, put under our car windshield, and the pamphlet basically said, uh, leave now, we're coming after you. Uh, so as you can imagine, that might strike some fear in your hearts. Well, one thing that we noticed, that Gail and I noticed, was that every evening as the sun went down, our fear arose. Isn't that the way it is? So, it says in verse 19, it was evening on that day. And can't you imagine what that evening was like? 
their Lord and Savior had been crucified. He had been nailed to a cross. He was dead and buried. It was evening on that day. Darkness physical and darkness emotional gripped the disciples. It was also the first day of the week, the Lord's Day. But for now, they didn't feel much like Resurrection Sunday. All they knew was the torture and death of their Lord. The Bible tells us that the doors were shut in fear of everything outside. And so here we are, arguably in fear, or at least apprehension, over everything outside. What are you afraid of today? What brings you fear today? But notice how quickly the story changes, for neither fear nor locked doors hinder Jesus and the peace that he brings. In the face of fear, the presence of the risen Lord brings peace. And it's not that some guy named Jesus showed up. He who stood among them was none other than the resurrected Lord. You notice those words that are given to us by John. He says that he showed them, in verse 20, he showed them both his hands and his side. You see, Jesus' presence doesn't mean diddly unless you recognize the scarred hands and the pierced side. Otherwise, he's just some other guy. Maybe he teaches platitudes that make you feel good for just a moment, but unless you know and believe that he died for our sin and was raised from the dead, you have no hope. You see, you can attend church. You can go to church. You can even go virtually to church. It's the same thing. But that's not what we're talking about here. Far from it. What we're talking about here is being church. Not attending. Being church. Being members of his body. And that's reserved for those who have turned from their sin to follow the Lord Jesus. In the face of fear, the presence of the Lord brings peace for those who love and follow him. So here's a question, especially for those of you who are uh, following on the live cast. When have you felt the peace that Jesus brings? And frankly, if you don't know about that peace, if you don't know what we're talking about, go ahead and click that pray for me uh, portion on the app and speak to someone about this. But John doesn't leave it here. He doesn't leave the story that they're in fear, the doors are locked, they're terrified, it's evening, all that stuff. Jesus shows up and everything's happy. He doesn't just leave it there. Notice what comes next, the very next verse. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father sent me, so I send you. You see, Jesus' peace comes with an assignment, doesn't it? Our calm is wed to our commission. Now, please understand me correctly here, okay? I'm not talking about cause. I'm not saying that if we, if we follow the Lord, if we go as he has sent, then uh, that causes our calm. No, that's a wrong thing to understand. But that our going our is a response to the presence of Christ. We don't go and then he shows up. We don't go to somehow make him love us. That's not it. We go, we are sent because he loves us. He loves us first. Our purpose is grounded in the presence and peace of Jesus. But what does it mean? What does it mean then if, if our uh, purpose and is, is wed together with his presence and peace? What does it mean 
to be on purpose, to be sent by the Father. We actually need a little help from uh, another place in John. John chapter 17, the first three verses go like this. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all you have given him. And this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I, I suggest to you today that Jesus was sent with an aspiration to glorify the Father. He was sent with authority over all flesh and the assignment to give eternal life. As the Father has sent me, he said, I also send you. So secondly, our purpose is to follow Jesus' aspiration, authority, and assignment. Jesus' aspiration was to glorify the Father. He was sent, it says in John 17, to bring glory to the Father by suffering and dying on the cross for your sin and your shame. And when we believe this truth and we're saved by his grace and we follow him in a life of obedience, we bring glory and honor to the Father. Furthermore, when others believe, when others place their faith in Christ and they follow in faithful obedience to him, it brings glory and honor to the Father. Our ultimate aspiration then, our greatest purpose is this good news, this gospel that which brings glory and honor to the Father. Our greatest purpose is to be born again and to receive this good news for ourselves and that our turning in faith brings glory and honor to the Father. And glory and honor to the Father is brought when others, by our witness, do the same thing. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Our aspiration, our greatest hope and the greatest purpose that we have, the ultimate purpose in our life is to glorify the Father. And we do that best in this time by following in faith and helping others do the same. It's straightforward, friends. It's straightforward. So Jesus' aspiration was to glorify the Father, but his authority is over all flesh. Now, we don't have authority over all flesh. That's reserved for Christ the Lord alone. But by his authority, he sends us out into the world now, let me help you understand this by looking at what does it mean to be sent to the world? Well, first, let me suggest that we are sent to the world near. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that most of us, most of the time, uh, are sent out from our church within the normal reach of our church. And I don't mean the church building. I mean we, the church. So most of us, most of the time, are sent to the world near. You come across people all day, every day. Okay, granted, it's a little bit more difficult now that two-thirds of our faces are covered, but you know what I mean. There are people that, we, that cross our paths continually, all day, every day, and the question for us isn't, how far should I go, Lord, to take your good news and to be your witness? The question is, will I witness, Father, even to the world near the world near is the place of purpose, frankly, for most of us. But some of that world is far, such that we must send some of our own 
like Mariah, for example, who's just returned after two years. Some of the world is far so that we have to send some of our own members out from us, and we call them missionaries, people we send, and we send them with a particular message. Either way, it's the same thing. We are sent. We are sent near, and we are sent far by authoritative command of Jesus, no matter what the world says. And friends, this is a caution for us, that last part of the sentence, no matter what the world says. Things are changing. Things are changing fast. And things might go back to the old normal for a while, but it looks like things are changing quite significantly. And I'm not here to tell you I know precisely what the future holds, but I can almost, <laughs> I, can, I can almost be 100% sure that the world that we know and the environment that we live is changing such that witness is not going to get easier, it's going to get more difficult. Now, some of us might want to then close the doors and stay behind them in fear, right? And trust me, that's a rational response. But perhaps instead of being rational, we should respond to the presence of Christ that brings peace. And he sends us on an assignment. His assignment was to give eternal life to all those believe. His assignment for us is that we reap the harvest of his accomplished work. He says it like this, Lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. I choose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your, shoot, your fruit should abide. And as the Father has sent me, so send I you. So by his authority, he sends us into the world near and far to tell of his mighty salvation and make disciples who do the same spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, and all of this brings glory to the Father. This is the purpose of the church. This is the purpose of, of the church portrayed in the gospel according to John. This is the purpose of the church that's portrayed in Isaiah, who prophesied this. This is the purpose of the church in Matthew and Mark and Luke and Acts and Romans and Revelation. There is one purpose. There is no other purpose. There is one mission, and this is precisely it. So the question for us then is, how does Jesus' assignment work out in our life? Thirdly, the third truth that we learn from this passage is that our purpose is made possible by the Holy Spirit and the Word. In this passage, we, we uh, see the description that Jesus breathes upon them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I think it's important for us to understand that here it's symbolic and in anticipation of the coming of the Holy Spirit described in Acts chapter 2. Okay? But secondly, I think it's important for us to see that the gift of the Spirit is connected to gospel witness. There's this somewhat difficult passage to understand in verse 23. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, their sins have been retained. A quite, quite straightforward way of understanding this is sin is forgiven by belief in the gospel of Jesus. Sin is retained by refusal of the same. So the way 
that we, as his followers, his disciples, forgive and retain sins is by one, the preaching of the good news. And by the way, go a little soft on that word preaching. Preaching doesn't mean that you have to put on a very nice bow tie and stand behind a podium. <laughs> Thank you for the, 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 the spattering of laughter. <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to sort of dress up and, and give a formal speech. The best way for us to understand preaching of the gospel is for us to understand the gospel being declared. It might be in a more formal situation, but it's most often in a casual conversation, isn't it? When we see that word preaching, we should, uh, preaching, especially the phrase preaching of the gospel, we should think of proclaiming the good news of Christ. So the way that we disciples, followers of Jesus, forgive and rate retain sins is first of all by the proclamation of the good news and second of all by the teaching of the consequences of belief or refusal and by the way that's a thing I think we don't often do of those of us in the church there are some and I, I don't know if my fractions are correct but work with me of those of us in the church there's some of us who will be about the business of gospel witness near and far but of those some of us who are about the witness of uh, business of gospel witness near and far how many of us are willing to actually warn now and by the way I don't mean this in a mean way but how, how many of us are prepared to say friend this is the good news and maybe not in these exact words, okay? This is the good news. If you accept it, you have life, but if you reject it, oh my. I was speaking with a um, very dear friend of mine in the country where we served, and I was sharing the good news with him. And I was brought to a point of great emotion and tears. I must be a Pendleton or at least a Pendleton male because I, I leak like a sieve. You talk about, we're singing the, one of my dad's favorite hymns here. I can't even sing the second verse. I can't even see anybody around me because my eyes are all watery. All right, so here I am sharing the good news with my friend and, and, and I felt so impressed and I trust it's by the Holy Spirit, so impressed to warn him saying, friend, you believe this, turn and believe because if you don't, don't. I, I get it. We're, we, we don't want to talk that way, right? We don't want to be threatening people. I mean, that's just not who we are. But I'm not talking about standing there with a baseball bat saying, believe, and if you don't, I'm going to swing. That's not the issue, is it? No. But we need to tell them the truth. Friend, believe. We need to plead with them believe because friend if you don't punishment and hell awaits I was just talking to a young man in our home not last week and I was sharing the good news with him Gail is in the next room listening in by the way that's the way it works in our family okay if one of us is talking the other one is like nearby praying they look like they're doing other stuff that's not the way it works so she's in the other room praying that this young man would, would turn from his sin and follow in, in, in life and hope and faith in Jesus Christ and I'm speaking with him and once again I, I, I sort of became overwhelmed um, and I don't mean this in a creepy mystical way okay you're just deeply impressed how about that does that help <laughs> sounds a little less uh, mystical all right so deeply impressed in my entire being 
I've got to warn him. So I did. And I, I told him, I said, look, I said, I don't want to sound, you know, re- really strange or really weird or really freaked out here, but I am so concerned for you. I'm so concerned for you, I can't leave this out. How do we forgive and retain sins? By proclaiming the good news and teaching the consequences of refusal and the consequences of belief. Third, uh, the third point I want to make in this, that uh, our purpose is made possible by the Spirit and the Word. Not only is the Spirit connected to gospel witness, uh, but the gospel witness is witness of the very Word. And, and these two things, the Spirit and the Word, are wed throughout Scripture. John 14, verses 23 through 26, let me summarize it by saying this. It explains that those who love Jesus keep his word and that the Spirit is given to believers to help us understand and recall his word. So, the Spirit and the word are given for our walk and they're given for our witness. Faith comes by the Spirit and the Word. Faithfulness, there are walks, so we come to faith by the Spirit and the Word. Our our daily walk or how we live as people, our faithfulness comes by Spirit and the Word, and our purpose is indeed even made possible. That purpose, to follow Jesus' aspiration to glorify the Lord, the authority to take it to all flesh near and far, and to speak of eternal life that they might believe. All of that is made possible by the Spirit and the Word. But those of you who are following, here's a question that you can uh, chat about in the chat. How does the Spirit and the Word work together for the Lord's purpose in your life? Well, let me close by just making a couple of comments. What do these three truths about our purpose mean for us? I think the best way to do it is I summarize it in a statement, and I believe it's actually in your sermon notes. No matter the circumstances, we have the presence and peace of Jesus as he sends us out into the world near and far, led by the Spirit and the Word to proclaim forgiveness of sin to all who will believe, and this brings glory to the Father. We have Jesus' peace. We have his presence. He's present for all who believe, and his presence brings peace even when doors are locked and the darkness brings fear. We're sent into the world near and to the world far with the gospel. While not everyone is sent to the world far, we are all sent to the world near within our normal, natural reach. We're led by the Spirit and the Word to accomplish our walk and our witness. And this brings glory to the Father. Isn't it good to know how we can glorify the Father. He's been generous, and he's told us precisely how to bring him glory. So the question for us today is, knowing this, what will we do differently tomorrow? For some of you, you may need to do something differently right now and today. Some of you, and I think this is especially for those of you who are watching online or perhaps listening, some of you need to respond to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus, that God has sent his one and only son 
to die in our place, taking the punishment that is due you and due me, taking that upon himself and dying on the cross. But the story didn't end there because on the third day he was raised by the Lord from the dead. And this gives us hope because death, the final enemy, is defeated. If you understand this gospel and you you understand what it means, if you believe that this is true, that's well and good, but there's one more step you have to take. Say, I understand this good news. I believe this to be true, and I trust it. I rely on it. How do we express that? We express that in prayer. Now, you can pray by yourself to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But you can also pray with other followers of Jesus. And so if indeed you need to turn from your sin and turn in faith to this Jesus, or if you need more explanation about it, click that prayer button on the app and speak to someone about it right now. And for some of you, you don't have a church home yet. And for a variety of reasons, we don't need to go into all that, but for a variety of reasons, you're no longer in regular worship at a regular place. And friends, you need to be part of the body of Christ, the local body of Christ, that you might be strengthened for that work to which we're sent. For those, we ask you to join us and join us today. Once again, if you're not here physically, click that prayer tab. It's going to be the answer to almost every question. (laughs) And now all those who are at the other end of that saying, I hope I have all the answers. But for many of us, it may not be that we need to turn in faith to Jesus Christ, and it may not be that we need to join this church, for indeed, you are likely to be followers of Christ and members of this local body. But knowing what we've heard today, what will we do different tomorrow? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, Father, for speaking so clearly to us. It's not a secret out there that we somehow have to divine, Father. You've spoken quite plainly. As you have sent your son, so your son sends us. So, Father, I pray especially for those who are listening today and do not believe that they would turn in faith to your son. And Father, would you strengthen us, your church. Draw us closer to yourself. Help us by your spirit to walk in your way and your witness that you might be glorified in Louisville, Kentucky and to the ends of the earth. For this is the purpose you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.